You are Locked On the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome to Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Wes Goldberg, host of Locked On Warriors, joined here by David Rommel, host of Locked On Heat. We're going to do a redraft of the 2017 NBA draft later on, but I wanted to start with this report from Brian Windhorst, who said that he believes the Brooklyn Nets will try to add a third star next to Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving for next season. To do so, the Nets could shop Karis LeVert and Jared Allen among some other assets that they have, including Spencer Dinwiddie. David, what do you think about this approach from the Nets? I don't like it, but I think it's a necessary one. And I think, look, I, I think if you've been listening to the show and any time we bring up the Nets and Irving and, and Durant in particular, I, I think it's been pretty clear that uh, they are increasingly apparent that more it's more and more difficult for them to find anybody who wants to play alongside them or, or that they're not quite content with that supporting cast is currently constructed in Brooklyn. And, you know, I think it cost Kenny Atkinson his job and they need to acquire somebody who is going to be able to propel them into title contention. They, they're very, very good as is. I think those that supporting cast is actually very good as well, but I think it's just, it's a, it represents such a change in the culture for Brooklyn, acquiring Irving and, and Durant. And so now all of a sudden the window closes. It's not it's not about or the window opens in a different direction, I think, is more, more appropriate. It, it, you know, you can't just develop players like Lavert and Allen. You can't take the time for that. You need somebody who's going to be willing to contribute right away, who can do so at a high level, who doesn't mind clashing or, or understanding their role alongside Durant and Irving. And I think that's the key. So maybe with a, a ready-made superstar who's already established, who doesn't have anything left to prove, and is already a clear-cut you know, star in this league, they'll probably be much more willing to play alongside the talented Durant and Irving, unlike guys like Levert and Allen, who are still trying to figure themselves out, who still have something to prove, who still have money to be made in this league, theoretically. And so... I think it's the necessary move for them to have to acquire somebody who can come in right away, fit alongside Irving and Durant, and again, push them into title contention. Wasn't that supposed to be DeAndre Jordan? Wasn't he the third star? I thought that he was the third star. No, 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 uh, no, no. He's he's superfluous, I think. I, I think he's just there for, uh, you know, he's, he's a good locker room presence, I guess. And the guy they like. Yeah. yeah. Um, they kind of, to me, they have to do this because... I don't know how I don't think that this team is good enough with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and all this depth. Even if even if Karis Levert were to develop into, you know, an all star caliber player. Even if like even if Karis Levert were to, you know, emerge as sort of a, a Chris Middleton uh level of contributor, like high level role player, borderline all star type guy, I don't know that that's good enough when we don't know what Kevin Durant's gonna look like when he comes back and mm. considering how Unstable Kyrie Irving is as mm. as a leader, as just a contributor. Even I mean, there are nights where we saw in Boston, like, and even in Brooklyn when he was playing, like he'll go, he'll go, you know, three of seventeen from the field or whatever it is. Some nights like that's so you. I think from that third star player, you almost need a stabilizing force and and somebody who obviously plays well next to guys like Duran Irving, somebody who doesn't need the ball. I think is most important who can contribute when not having the ball. So you're looking at probably a floor spacer or just a premium defender, right? Uh, you may not be able to find those two things in one player, but if you can find a player who can provide one of those things at an elite level, mm-hmm. that would really help them. I think the name that everybody would go to immediately is Bradley Beal, who is good enough defensively, uh, certainly better than Kyrie is, 
Right. I don't think he's he's I don't think he's high level at any at, at at you know at all on that end. But from a floor space perspective, he's really good. But he needs the ball in his hands. So I don't love the Bradley Beal fit. Uh, is there a guy out there that you would be targeting if you were Brooklyn? From a fit perspective, I think maybe a Clay Thompson, um, somebody who's played alongside Durant, and, and as you pointed out, spaces the floor, doesn't need the ball a whole heck of a lot, and is a very good defender as well, assuming that he comes back from injury at 100%. So I, I think Thompson is the best fit, um, obviously, but I don't think that he would want to leave Golden State to play no. alongside Irving and uh, and Durant. So I, I don't have any other name. I mean, I, I've seen Ben Simmons as an option. Um, yeah, same same problems with Beal though, right? I mean, he needs the ball. I mean, defensively, he would he would probably be their best defender like day one, but he needs the ball, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are there aren't a lot of players like that. I mean, you're talking about acquiring somebody probably at the guard position, a two three, a wing player, let's say, uh, and, and any any high level player who's going to be an, an immediate contributor for the most part is going to be a person who needs the ball in their hands. Clay is the the one exception to that rule, and that he right. is a high level guard who can spread the floor and doesn't dribble as much, doesn't need the ball as much to create opportunities for himself and others. And so, I don't know that there are other players out there. I mean, I guess you could find a diamond in the rough. I mean, I'm trying to even think of as a, a young player who might fit that mold, and I can't really think of anybody who's and who's, if who would be better than Karis LeVert, right? I mean, they kind of have that young player who could develop. I mean, right. they they are obviously looking for. I mean, what what I think is going to end up happening here is they're not going to get the star, but they're going to get the player who they can bill as a star. They're going to end up getting a Tobias Harris type of guy. Who oh. Like, oh no, this is our third star, right? Or maybe Tobias Harris. But they could they could say like this is our third star, and everybody's like, okay, is he really though? And they but they can bill it as such. But it, it, are things that dysfunctional? I mean, I know this is Windhorse Report, and so there's no inside information regarding the Nets line of thinking at this point I, I things are tough I, I is the assumption also that Dinwiddie is, is part of this package or one of the assets that they're capable of moving well he'd be he's an expiring so it'd have to be a sign and trade situation I'm not I'm, I'm I don't know, really want to get into all that but I guess it could uh like they would be I don't think Dinwiddie would realistically be an asset um because they they're hard capped this year already I don't know that they want to be hard capped two years in a row Mm-hmm. Because of a sign and trade, but uh, I mean, Karis Levert and Jared Allen are good players. I mean, those are good players that you could turn into something substantial. And they have like other bit salaries. They have like the Torian Princes and Garrett Temple salaries that can help you build up to a bigger salary. Because uh, Jared Allen and Karis Levert, Karis Levert is going to be paid uh, almost fourteen million dollars next year. Jared Allen is about you know two and a half million next year. So it's not a huge like you'd have to add some salary if you're going to go get. A player who's, you know, being paid like a star player. Um, I don't know. Al Horford I saw thrown out there quite a bit. I mean, I think he's an upgraded center, but I don't know that he's the but he left to get them. Yeah, he left Boston because of Kyrie Irving being as toxic as he is. <laughs> he joined the Sixers and, and is expressed major issues with that locker room as currently constructed. I can't see him being very happy about being traded to, to, to Brooklyn, one, even the, if they are a The one player. name that the one name that Windhorse did throw out there that I like a lot is Drew Holiday. And if you're if you're the Pelicans and mm-hmm. you're rebuilding this thing around Zion Williamson, if you can get guys like Karis LeVert and Jared Allen and younger and players. Young yeah, young players who fit Zion's window, I I think you'd have to at least consider it. I don't know that I don't know that it's a no brainer. Drew Holiday is a really good player, and I think a lot of uh a lot of people on the outside in would look at this thing with 
we always look at, oh, you got to rebuild, you got to rebuild, blah, blah, blah. Well, Drew Holiday is a really good basketball player. I mean, he is a top 20, top 20, like top 25 player at, at the very least. Yeah. And um, you don't just trade those guys for dudes that fit your window, especially not really knowing what Levert and Jared Allen are going to pan out to be. We like them, but we don't know that they're going to be that good, either of them. So it's not a no-brainer for New Orleans, but it would it, it would be the start of something, right? And if you're Brooklyn, you get a guy like Drew Holiday who is better as a shooting guard than a point guard. Um, he embraces that role. He can play off the ball. He can shoot well enough. He can cut off the ball uh, really well. And defensively, obviously, he's one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. I think that would be the guy, if I'm Brooklyn, I'd be chasing him. What if it was like a three-way trade then for... For New Orleans that sees themselves as, as a, a team that can compete for the playoffs immediately. You look at Washington, who's a team that's likely to be rebuilding even when John Wall comes back to health. I, I think you could make an argument that maybe you could acquire Beal in New Orleans and then kind of you know facilitate the moves to you know send Levert and Allen to Washington, and then that Ooh. makes everybody happy. So New Jersey, or sorry, Brooklyn gets Drew Holiday. Maybe throw in JJ Redick, who lives in Brooklyn. Um, you, know, you acquire mm. Beal in New Orleans, and then you send the, those younger players to Washington, and all of a sudden everybody's happy, and, and it's, you know two teams remain in, in playoff contention. That might be the best fake trade you've ever come up with. Thank like, you. Like that's my favorite. <laughs> that's my favorite fake trade ever. I love that, especially the JJ Redick wrinkle going to Brooklyn. That's great. That's exactly the type of player they need too, especially if they lose Joe Harris this summer, yeah. Uh, yeah. who could who could end up making more money depending on the whole salary cap stuff and how. All of this plays out, but could end up making more money than JJ Reddick currently makes. Um, not that's that's I love that trade. Um, Lonzo Ball, not in that trade, but he was part of the 2017 draft, and we are going to redraft that uh, year next. But first, sports have come to a screeching halt with basketball benched and pitchers off the mound. But our friends at MyBookie aren't going to let you down. Stay sane and stay entertained with access to your favorite games like Blackjack, Roulette, Slots, War, and more. It doesn't matter whether you're out on the front lines or quarantined at home. The fun doesn't have to come to an end with MyBookie. Video poker, not your thing, but still need a fix? They've got you covered with a host of live casino dealers online. That's right. They have professional dealers at their tables, live on site, 24-7. Your favorite squad sidelined because of the pandemic? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has partnered with some of the leading esports brands to bring your wagers on virtual action straight from the court in NBA 2K20. Plus, you can always do your part to make your bankroll great again by taking advantage of shifting odds on political bets. You can, you can trust the industry leaders in times like these. They're reliable, upright, and best of all, they pay fast when you win. Visit MyBookie.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA for a 150% bonus on your first casino deposit. That's promo code Locked on NBA to receive a 150% cash bonus on your first deposit, and you can claim those extra funds all the way up to 750 bucks. Use the promo code Locked on NBA to activate the offer. That's promo code Locked on NBA. You spin, you win, you get paid. All right, David, this offseason players selected in the 2017 draft will be eligible for contract extensions. There are some obvious candidates that teams are going to want to lock up, but we thought that this would be a good opportunity to look back on that draft, the one where Marco Holtz went number one, and then do a redraft, because that's a really interesting draft. So let's go through the top ten, and we'll start with the Sixers at number one, who obviously ended up taking Fultz. They traded up before the draft, so we're going to say that the Sixers had number one, the Celtics ended up having number three. So that was not a draft night trade. That's important to remember here. Um, the obvious selection, though, is is Jason Tatum at number one, no? 
Yeah, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. He provides that kind of the scoring punch that they were hoping that Fultz might be able to provide, and I think at a much higher level, he spaces the floor, he can put the ball down, he can create plays for himself and others. It would have been such a much more complete team if they had acquired Tatum. You know, you still have Redick there on the roster. You have Simmons, who's the natural point guard for that team and a high-level defender. You still have Embiid. You could keep Robert Covington. Who knows what they do with that forward spot when they made that trade to acquire Tobias Harris last year? Maybe things the, are different. The, and the Jimmy Butler trade too. I mean, you may not ever have to. Make oh, they would Butler never. Trade. Yeah, yeah, no reason to. I mean, you you acquire Butler because he's unhappy in Minnesota because he's a high level scorer and, and a defender, etc. But you get a much younger player, Tatum, who's cheaper and is not a personality issue. You don't have to worry about him fitting alongside the current players in that locker room. So to me, I, it would have made a lot of sense. Now, the hope is that Tatum continues to blossom in Philadelphia the way he did in, in Boston and that he gets the kind of opportunity to do so. There are questions about whether or not that would actually happen. But, I mean, given that Simmons is not a look, a player who looks to score first and foremost, he would probably try to get that ball to Tatum as much as possible. And, he, and I think he could probably still make a, a name for himself as a high-level scorer, even in Philadelphia, on a team that's much more talented perhaps than Boston's is. There were people lobbying even that year that Tatum ought to should oh, yeah. have been the, the first pick overall, too. I mean, so this was if the Sixers had actually taken Tatum, it wouldn't have been crazy for them to have done it in 2017, right? Like, But they, they had been telegraphing for a long time, and they traded up to number one in order to take Markel Fultz, who, look, theoretically, I still defend the pick. He like You couldn't have predicted what was going to happen with Markel Fultz's career, but it's also telling that you and I don't have Markel Fultz in our top ten. So um, let's move on. I agree, Tatum's number one, and it's not really close. This is where I think things start getting weird. Because the Lakers have the second pick. They took Lonzo Ball at number two. I think there are several guards who now you would take over Lonzo Ball, especially where the Lakers were, right? The Lakers that year, they traded D'Angelo Russell to Brooklyn. They wanted to find a leader in that backcourt. And I'm kind of approaching this, and we didn't really lay out these rules before we started. I'm kind of approaching this as if I were that team's front office but under like having all the information that we have now, right? So yeah. not who I would have picked, but who they would have picked having all of this information uh, years later. And I have them taking Donovan Mitchell at number two. And I don't think Donovan Mitchell is the second best player in this draft in a vacuum, but I have the Lakers taking him just because if they're looking for, again, it's Magic Johnson in charge at that point. He's looking for your leader. He's looking for your ace scorer. He's looking for that next Kobe Bryant type guy. I think that Donovan Mitchell, of all the players, if he if you were to give him that list now, he would have picked Donovan Mitchell for the Lakers back then. I I actually had Bam Adebayo first and foremost, but thinking back about how the last couple of years for the Lakers have shaken out, acquiring not just Anthony Davis but LeBron James before that, there would have been no need to acquire a guy like Adebayo. I mean, knowing not knowing that he was you know what he would turn into in 2017. But at the same time, just like you, you know, your front court is going to be set with a playmaker in the future. At least that's the hope when you acquire a guy like James. I'm not sure about his fit alongside LeBron James either. I mean, obviously, he's a high level defender and everything else, but he's also a guy that thrives making plays for others and with a ball in his hands as a guy who brings the ball up court and is comfortable creating shots for others. I think that would be marginalized playing alongside a guy like LeBron, who is as good as he is with the ball. So you probably want somebody who can play a little bit more off of LeBron James. And I think you look at Mitchell and his first year in Utah, the way he just, he just you know, took over the point guard role there, became like a, a first, you know, a, the, the primary scorer and ball handler. I think he would be a much better fit. So you've kind of convinced me. I, I think Mitchell is a guy that Magic Johnson probably would have selected with that second overall pick. Number three, 
I have I, I can't let Bam fall anymore. I mean, and the Boston Celtics would have loved Bam Adebayo. Yeah, I mean, the the talk is that they always want a, a big. I mean, you you all you have Horford at that point in times, but maybe it's much easier to move Horford for another player. Maybe you. I, I mean, I don't think you could play Horford and Adebayo. Although it's not a bad combination. I think you could. Yeah, yeah, I think you could. I mean, especially Neither having Horford sort of mentor Bam would have been great. It's definitely better than having Hassan Whiteside mentor Bam. So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's a great fit. Another high-level defender. I mean, you look at that team and the kind of depth they have. They could still go out and acquire Gordon Hayward. I mean, they probably don't mm-hmm. make the move to acquire Kyrie Irving that summer. But at the same time, uh, you know, I, I think you still have a lot of talent there. Um, it, it would have been an interesting fit for sure. I, I like Adebayo in Boston, and I think it makes a lot of sense. Phoenix at number four. So this, so they ended up taking Josh Jackson that year. Uh, we don't have him in our top ten, but uh, I, I would have them now, knowing that they needed a point guard. There was a few point guards in this draft who ended up panning out really well, and they were all p- picked sort of in the wrong spots. But I, I have them taking Darren Fox at number four. Look, I, I like Fox. I think he's a great player. I, I understand the pick, but from my perspective also – I was thinking about the way they saw Josh Jackson. They needed a wing-type player. Mm-hmm. I, was Bledsoe still under contract at this point in time? He was their point guard in Phoenix, right? Um, I Probably? I can't remember. Yeah, I, I, think that, I, I think that's the case. I think that's probably why yeah. they didn't go after a guy like De'Aaron Fox. And so to me, I think knowing their, the kind of needs they had there for their front court, they eventually wound up selecting, or they, they took Dragon Bender the year before, but I think... You could still pair a guy like Jonathan Isaac alongside that that rotation, and I think his length, his overall ability as a high level defender would have made a lot of sense in Phoenix. Now, who knows? The Suns have been historically so bad at developing players that there's a good chance that Isaac would never have thrived. And I think he was one of those players that, before his injury earlier this year, was very much on the up and coming. And I think you could have seen his potential earlier in the season. So who knows whether or not he would ever have realized it in Phoenix, but I like his fit there. Uh, Isaac, I almost had going to Phoenix for those same reasons that you said. And and who knows how these guys would have turned out in different circumstances. I guess we're just assuming that everything pans out the way it did and they all oh, of course. as good as they were. But um, yeah, I, so I just like Bledsoe was traded in the middle of that year. So maybe if they ended up taking Deer and Fox, they quicken up that trade or something and they've been looking That's for a for a long time and if you're phoenix would you rather have De'Aaron fox the way he is now with devin booker or would you rather have jonathan isaac the way he is now alongside devin booker and understand and i don't know you can even throw in the fact that you end up getting deandre ayton later on but uh I, I don't think that there's a wrong answer to that but just knowing that they've been searching and are still searching for a point guard next to to, to devin booker i think darren fox would have been a great fit especially because of how Darren Fox projects defensively. Um, if he doesn't have to do everything on offense, if he's if he's playing next to Booker, but um, either way, uh, then the Kings, who actually did take Darren Fox at five, with him off the board, I have them taking Lonzo Ball. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, I, I since I did not have Fox in my top four, I, I had him staying with Sacramento as a fifth pick mm-hmm. overall, so that makes a lot of sense. But I, I like. I like your choice there. It makes a lot of sense for, for Sacramento. Um, yeah, he, he's a good fit there too, right? I, I think he has a, the kind of talent that they're looking for, and, and he would be a, a good building block for them. He's a, a big name, obviously, having played in UCLA at the time. Yeah, all I the think hype. that's why they would like him. Yeah, they yeah. would love the hype. They were, uh, I wouldn't shock me if, if Lonzo Ball and De'Aaron Fox were both on the board. They've said that they, like, you know, after drafting De'Aaron Fox, 
Um, of course, they didn't have Lonzo on the board because Lonzo ended up going number two to the Lakers. But they have said that Dan, uh, Darren Fox was like number one on their draft board, that they would have picked him no matter what. I don't know if I believe that at all. No, right. So. And, and you know, I wonder, do you, do you still make the, the, the move to acquire Luke Walton as your coach, knowing that he had coached? Well, I mean, obviously, this is in retrospect. He coached Lonzo Ball in Los Angeles. Would he have fit? Oh, oh, now we're, we're merging so many different universes. Now I'm so confused. <laughs> this is some this is some uh, this is some uh, Avengers level thing thinking right now. <laughs> uh, He's a good uh, fit there, and they would have loved to have him. That's for sure. The Magic at number six ended up taking Jonathan Isaac, and uh, I still have them taking Jonathan Isaac because yeah. I you had him going number four. So. Yeah, so I uh, I don't have Isaac on the board at this point in time. So for me, I, I think they take ball. Uh, anything to get any kind of attention to Orlando. Obviously, it's a team that is had been at that point in time mired in mediocrity for a long time. I don't know that Lonzo Ball is the fit for that team. Um, 2000. I'm trying to remember what that roster was like in 2017. They 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 still don't have a point guard. I mean, they have yeah, they DJ haven't had Augustine. a point guard since Jameer Nelson. So right. I mean, they've got DJ Augustine, who's a very good floor general, and they have Markel Fultz, who they see as the point guard of the future there. But you don't make that move to acquire Fultz if you have Ball on the roster. Uh, he's a big name, and he brings a lot of attention, puts people in the seats. I could just imagine them trying to hype up you know, the Disneyland to Disney World connection there, from going from L.A. to Orlando. It would be, yep. <laughs> it would be a great fit there. Uh, so I, I like Ball in Orlando. I actually like that fit a lot, and you kind of see where they ended up. They ended up getting Markel Fultz, number one pick in this draft. Um, but it's oversized point guard, ball handler type guy, um, projects well defensively. I, I like the fit with Lonzo. And by the way, if the Magic had Lonzo Ball fall to them, they would have been elated, right? It would have been a no-brainer. They would definitely pick them. Um, Absolutely. For all the reason, because it's some attention to a team that nobody cares about. <laughs> we'll be right back with more Locked On NBA. The Minnesota Timberwolves had the seventh pick. Uh, they traded it to Chicago as part of the Jimmy Butler trade that year. So we can assume then that Chicago has this pick because they were looking to get off Jimmy Butler anyway. Um, does Chicago then stick with their Lowry Markinen selection? Or in hindsight, do they go in another direction? I actually have them taking John Collins here. You know, Collins is a better player. But now that we see all the trade machinations taking place, I, I think I think they would have taken Kyle Kuzma somehow. <laughs> like, just knowing what... I mean, again, this is the merging of universes here, but I, I knowing that Kuzma's a name and everything else, if they could go back, I think they would probably love having a guy like Kuzma. Uh, and he would have been the wrong fit for them, right? I mean... <laughs> so it makes a lot of sense that that's why Chicago would take Kuzma. I, I mean, like, I, I guess ideally they take Collins... But that makes too much sense. I can't do it. I just can't. I mean, I make the same argument for the Knicks a couple picks later. It's like they're going to botch it. You know they are, and, and so they're going to take the way to botch it. Yeah. Yes. For them, so to they use a guy that doesn't fit there, that doesn't do anything particularly well. Shout out to whoever left that negative comment on us a couple months ago when I said that Kuzma was a mediocre player. Maybe it's Mr. Kuzma himself. Who knows? Wait, what happened? And somebody left a comment, uh, a review for iTunes uh, on the show about me as a mediocre host because I had said the same thing about Kyle Kuzma, that he is a mediocre player that doesn't do anything particularly well. So if that listener is still listening to the show, thank you so much. Uh, Kuzma still doesn't do anything particularly well. And he thrives in Chicago. That sucks so bad. Uh, I love that logic. That's great. Uh, The Knicks, speaking of dysfunction, um, 
Number eight. So the Knicks took uh, Frank Nilakina uh, at number eight. Um, he's not in my top ten. I have them taking instead uh, Derek White. Ah, you see, I think they get another power forward. The start of their <laughs> accumulation of every power forward in the league, I think they go for Collins at, at the eighth spot there. Um, John Collins is a perfect yeah. fit there. How would he play with uh, Julius Randle is the question. <laughs> Does it even matter? I mean, like, I don't know. Derek White's a good choice there, but he's so, like, there's so, there's so little hype about him, like, I mean, yeah. would they have really? I mean, I, you could see the move for Nikolatina because you know he's a guy that they don't know that he's you know he, you, you never know that he was going to play or not play much over the next three years. But at least you have potential. You have mystery box A kind of hype about him with White. I mean, wh- where did he play? Like Montana State or something like that, or, or Wyoming? I don't know. It was like a small school, right? He didn't get a lot of attention yeah. out of coming out of college. Um, you know, he's he's thrived in San Antonio, but who knows what he would have done? Colorado, Colorado. You're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, sure. sorry, it's my bad. Yeah. No <laughs> I'm from Miami. Every every state out there is the same. Um, <laughs> I, look, I don't know. I, I like it. I like Derek White. It makes too much sense, though, Wes. I mean, come You're on. Right. You're giving one You're right. way too much credit. <laughs> You're right. Uh, I went up against my own rules. So you had them taking John Collins. Uh, the Mavericks at number nine. They've been searching for a center for quite a while. Um, Dwight Powell started emerging for them um, and unfortunately had that injury. But even... Even despite the injury, I think they would have taken Jared Allen here. They originally had taken uh, Dennis Smith Jr., who they ended up trading for Kristaps Porzingis. So who knows? Maybe they I, – I, it's hard to say, like, what they would have done at this point. But right. I, 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 it's, it's, it was too difficult for me to predict, so I just had them taking Jared Allen because I thought he would have been a good fit. Same here. Uh, I think Allen makes a lot of sense there. I, I don't know whether or not they pulled the trigger on that Porzingis trade, but uh, with Allen there – I mean, you acquire Luka Doncic a couple years later. I mean, that's a great pick-and-roll combination for the future there. I I mean, Allen doesn't space the floor as well as Porzingis does. But still, I I guess you could make an argument that instead of acquiring Porzingis, you make a trade for somebody else. I mean, I don't know what you give up to acquire, uh, you know, the third superstar there. That's the thing is, like, the the Knicks, because they took Nilakina, needed still a point guard. So the Mavericks were able to take Dennis Smith Jr., and make him the centerpiece of the Kristaps Porzingis trade. And they, they put a bunch of draft picks in that deal, too. So you could still argue what the Mavericks had this year when Dwight Powell was healthy, when you had Dwight Powell at the five, Kristaps Porzingis starting games at the four, and, and Luka Doncic obviously leading the offense. You could have just had that same thing, potentially, with Jarrett yeah. Allen, Kristaps Porzingis, and Luka Doncic. I just don't know who that other piece would have been that you would have right. moved in addition to the draft picks to, to get Porzingis. But, I mean how that trade came about so quickly. Maybe they wouldn't even have needed that piece. I, I have no idea. I have no idea. It was, it was too hard for me to figure out, so I just said uh, Jared Allen um, at number 9. Uh, number 10, the Kings. So the Kings traded this pick to the Blazers. The Blazers moved up and grabbed uh, Zach Collins at number 10. And that's not to say that that wouldn't have still happened, especially considering that, I mean, you have the Kings making the same pick that they did with De'Aaron Fox. I have them getting Lonzo Ball. But... Understanding where how good these players were now, I don't know if the Kings still make the same trade. What did they even trade them for? They ended up just moving down in the draft and picking up other players. They got uh, Justin Jackson and Harry Giles later right. in the draft. So I think they would have preferred to just hang on to this pick and take either Lowry Markkinen or Zach Collins. And considering their if if and because they ended up getting Lonzo Ball at the five, 
at, at number five, I'll take I'll have them taking Lowry Marketing just to provide some some floor space in there at the four. But they also they still had Boogie Cousins on the roster at that point in time. Like so, it would yeah. have been hard hard for them to argue taking a center. With, with I mean, cousins. You could play Markinen next to you could play Markinen next to Cousins, for sure. That makes a lot of yeah. sense. It's a European player for Vladi and uh, yeah. Sayakovic to select there. I, I mean, I, I like it. I had thought that maybe Anunoby, OG Anunoby, would be the, t- the the player to round out the top ten. Although you can make an argument for Collins as well. But you're right. The Markinen choice makes a lot of sense there. OG Anunoby, I had I wanted to put in my top ten, so he was my main like honorable mention there. Uh, he probably would have went the ne- the very next pick though to Charlotte. They would have taken OG Nunnaby. Ooh, or Zach Collins actually. Yeah, that one makes more sense, I think. Well, although you have you have Frank the Tank already on the roster at that point in time, Frank Kaminsky. True. So maybe you don't make a move for a Collins. I mean, who knows? Like the the next you know small forward type player, I like Nunnaby that was selected was Justin Jackson at fifteen in the actual draft that took place. Um, Although I think I wonder if Miami makes that selection at fourteen. They took Bam at a bio that draft. You know they had another be pretty highly rated. He turns out to be a pretty solid defender, a guy who's a versatile player there. That kind of makes sense. Then you don't have to worry so much. I mean that two thousand seventeen summer for Miami, and I know I'm talking about this as a host of Locked On Heat, but they had Whiteside under contract, who they threw a hundred million dollars at. They wind up re- signing Kelly Olynyk as a, a free agent that year. Maybe with OG Anunoby there, that kind of makes more sense, too. Yeah, I mean, considering that Bam would have been off the board because we had him going number three. Yeah, I mean, right. OG Anunoby, if he were to fall to Miami, they would have loved that if, if Bam had been off the board. Um, more credit to Miami for just picking Bam at number 14. I mean, they picked Bam despite of everything you just said, and this is, this is argument of best player available, right? If right. they had Bam the highest-rated player on the board, and they did at, at the time uh, when they took him, for everybody who was left, they take them, and it has to play out for a couple of years. But now they have maybe one of the best, the most three most viable centers in the league at this point, considering his yeah. age and, and his projections. So, and we and in our redraft, he was the guy that rose up the most. It was him and Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell gets picked thirteen. We have him now at number two. I, I had him at number two. You had him at number two. Yes. Um, and uh, Bam Adebayo, who went fourteen, all the way up to number three. So credit. Denver and Miami for for making killer picks uh, where they Absolutely. did. Do we want to do the Tiger King thing really quick, or do we want to just get out of here? <laughs> let's let's do it real quickly. All right. So the whole Tiger King thing was what NBA player would own the most tigers. It's not what NBA player would own tigers. I think there are several, but which NBA player would own the most tigers in the league? Uh, what do you think? Not to put you on the spot immediately. Well, but I'm doing is that current NBA Gavin player. Whatever you want at this point, <laughs> you know I I really didn't think about current player. I think uh, as far as past player, you could make a pretty strong argument that Dennis Rodman would be the best choice there. And I mentioned that to you via text. It just you know right. it, it seems like it fits in perfectly with his whole mo for life in general. Just you know do everything that nobody expects you to do. Do it strangely. If you're gonna wear a wedding dress, pierce yourself multiple times, dye your hair. Do everything that Dennis Rodman has been known to do over the course of his life. I think acquiring Tigers probably fits alongside pretty well. Kuzma? Would Kuzma have Tigers? Because in Tiger King, one of the big things was how many people go to these exhibits just to get Mm. Instagram photos with Tigers. And like Kyle Kuzma, I think, lives on Instagram more than he does in the real universe. Uh, I think Kyle Kuzma, now a Chicago Bull, according to you, 
like Dennis Rodman would would uh, he would own several tigers or at least have several photos with tigers at least. Would he still get to date a Kardashian or a Jenner or whatever? Oh my God, yes, I, I don't know with all those tigers. I mean, that's the appeal, right? Think of all the different ways he could he could color his hair to match the tigers. He could dye the tigers fur. I mean, he could wear more tiger related products. I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense. I, I actually like that choice a lot. We're further alienating said listener from a couple of months ago, but that's okay. We'll take our chances. <laughs> It would be mediocre tigers that he would own. And Quite far. Take very They're smallish. They don't really growl. They don't even eat much. They like prefer oatmeal over like steak. I mean, it's just weird. Remember to listen to and subscribe to Locked on NBA on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. If you're on iTunes, rate us, review us, say nice things about us or mediocre things about us. For David Ramel, I'm Wes Goldberg. Thanks for listening.